This is a podcast from China Daily Hong Kong. Thanks for tuning in to an edition of Story Spotlight, where we engage with a CDHK reporter and dive deeper into a recently published story which drew a buzz. In the second part of a two-part series, we pick up from last week's episode with CDHK Culture Desk editor Chitra Lekabasu on her recently published essay series on Hong Kong's upcoming museums and how they stack up against their counterparts in the Greater Bay Area during the pandemic. Museum 2050 for me. When I read that in your series, was one of the most、uh, interesting things because they're a consultant. I believe, like, just correct me if I'm wrong, that they they they're pretty much the they keep their finger on the pulse on the growth of the museum community in China. And、so、I found that really interesting. And I just wanted to know, on your opinion, like, what what were the most interesting verdicts or things that they mentioned to you when you were talking with them? Right, I'm so glad you said that because you know I'm equally excited on their behalf because you know this platform was founded in 2017 by these two very enterprising and very young women actually,、right. and you know who I think are going to be、uh, you know actively contributing to the discussion of the growth of、uh, and evolution of Chinese museums in the year 2050. Because you know, even thirty years from now, they are going to be kind of active and in their prime. Sure. As the witness, you know how how the because that they are that young.、Uh, so、mm. as the as the witness, how the kind of you know scene has evolved.、Mm. And you asked about you know、uh, what did I learn? What I found most interesting about what they told me about the Chinese museum scene. And I'd like to mention this is Nicole Ching, one of the co-founders. She mentioned how over the last three four years, the,、uh, the how they have. She, this is what she said. You know, I have, she says I have watched with fascination the capacity of so many private museums to socialize a whole new generation. And that, in a culture where museums, especially kind of you know private museums sh- showing contemporary and avant-garde art, these concepts are relatively new. And Nicole says the, and she also mentions this this term. She called it the burgeoning middle class of China. And she says that the new museums in China have been able to actively woo them. And kind of you know cultivate them and whet their cultural appetite and passion for contemporary art, and tapping into their need to be cultivated, but also provide them with the content that、right. uh, they need to be、uh, cultivated. It's、so、actually I thought that it, was yeah, that is very interesting. It's actually amazing that they were able to do that to such a huge population that budgeting middle class you mentioned in such a short period of time as well.、Um, that's. That's quite remarkable. Yeah, nine hundred plus museums in the last ten years, and that's, that's kind of amazing. That's crazy. Museum Twenty Fifty, they are sort of monitoring the growth of museums, specifically and they have in China. Platform. Right. Also, they kind of you know work very closely with the museums. They organize、uh, international symposiums. I just、hmm. participated in one of them、uh, very recently. Uh, I mean, I had to do it online, of course, but they were actually having it in the physical space in. Oh in, wow. Portion. Yes, yeah, that that yeah. was amazing. Your series, yeah, you mentioned also in your series the term sisterhood of museums that's、mm-hmm. coming out from、uh, the pandemic restrictions. I just want to ask you, as in what way has this sisterhood evolved since the pandemic? Was it there before the pandemic, or is that just something that's cropped up now? The need for collaboration. <laughs> 
I guess the it was always always there. It's part of as Suhania Rafael, who's the director of uh, M Plus, she says that mm -hmm. you know it's part of our museum ethos to kind of you know share resources and collections. Yeah. But I think what the pandemic has does uh, has done is to kind of you know intensify, underscore, and intensify the the uh, these efforts, the importance of uh, you know having such collaborations. And okay. if I might just add that M Plus Museum is already kind of, you know, they have an MOU with the power station of art in Shanghai. And ah. they have close relationships. Yes, of course. You know, so this is, you know, happening for real. Right. And they have long-standing relationships with museums in Tokyo, Singapore, and Beijing. Yes. Uh, as you yes. know, Greater Bay Area Development. Yeah. I'd just like to mention this rather young man who called Xiao Shu, who is the director of Foshan's Ha Art Museum. The interview I did with him, he thinks that, and I put this question to him about the possibility of forming a comradeship of uh, museums in the Greater Bay Area. And so he he thinks that this is very much a possibility and it's happening. And he points out that an increasing number of art fairs, expos and conferences are happening in the Greater Bay Area, in the mainland part of it, especially in Guangzhou and Shenzhen. They have this advantage because, you know, domestic travel is kind of, you know, there's no bar on it. Right. They can easily travel between places. Right. So that's that advantage they have at this moment. And But, you know, this is also serving as a platform to connect art institutions. And exactly. uh, he yeah. seems to have yeah. a lot of faith in Greater Bay Area being a key national development strategy and the contributions that all it's, these, you know, components of the art ecology are making to it. Yeah, it's a huge focus area um, for the government, for in the especially in the arts as well. Like you, like you mentioned, just staying on that topic, I was wondering, in your opinion, like is this a chance? This cross-border collaboration and in the arts is it a chance for the Hong Kong youth to connect the understanding and history of mainland China, mainland Chinese culture? I think uh, an institution like the Hong Kong Palace Museum could be a source of, uh, there will be a lot to learn from uh, an institution like Hong Kong Palace Museum if you are so inclined. I interviewed the Hong Kong Mu Palace Museum director, hmm. Dr. Louise Ng who says that, you know, they are going to, I mean, this is coming back to your question about specifically about Hong Kong youth, right. which is, uh, he says that the Hong Kong Palace Museum director, he says that they are going to adopt a cross-disciplinary approach that will speak to Hong Kong audience and resonate with their everyday lives. And they are particularly actually targeting the youth and they are trying to kind of, you know, package the art and antiquities from ancient China in a way mm. that today's youth will be able to relate to. And they are actually, you know, the target uh, audience. Right, right. Oh, An important so part of the target audience. And we'll have to see how this goes. Right, right. And just finally, like um, you're... Uh, your series quotes, I believe it's by Andres Santo, and I really like. Like right. I found it interesting. Europe gave us the first iteration of the museum, grand palaces devoted to a certain ideal or high culture. The influence of the U.S. in the 20th century was about creating a more democratic, civic, education-oriented, user-friendly museum. And now we have turned the page to Asia, and its imprint will likely be both cultural and technological. Um, so, yeah, just in Europe, does this sum up the whole series reporting, the essence of the future potential of museums and China's role in that? 
yeah, this sort of sums up what's happening at the at the present moment, right. which is kind of the shift of the epicenter of exciting and avant-garde museum activity from Europe and North America to Asia, but not just Asia actually, because you know there is as you kind of said as you suggested the possibility of china being at the forefront of this kind of museum revolution if you like mm. uh, offering the world's most exciting most satisfying and most welcoming museum experience that can, you know i mean china might well be in the forefront of this movement I, if i can call it that but having said that uh, i think we have to remember that a number of museums challenging the conventions of museum experience at this uh, at this time are coming up in the african countries right okay, uh, okay. yeah and this is very new in that culture but you know there are really interesting kind of uh, path breaking museum experiences created in some of the african countries at this moment mm. and the japanese do contemporary art museums very well and singapore has very fine museums mm. and also generous funding from their government to back such efforts so it's happening in many places what was for you covering this whole this whole sega like what was the most what was an interesting takeaway personally for you that you found that you were not expecting to take away or um was anything specifically that that resonated with you from covering the story well a few things actually yeah. but i think you sort of what you kind of you know you picked on actually the shirley surya comment mm. on you know what we who work in the art sector do i mean what what, what is our relevance mm. at, at at a moment like this how can we contribute to social well-being right. and uh, you know also kind of what is the purpose that art serves art mm. and heritage in a time can it make a real difference to people's lives rather than just and, preserve and showcase our yes. our our transitional moments can it do something during the transitional moments itself yeah i mean the, but you know museums as i mentioned the garage museum in in moscow they have actually kind of you know made a difference in in the real practical because they have so served warm meals to people who were in need right so uh, but that's that's it's, is that art in a way that is probably art and heritage <laughs> yeah. and culture right. Right. you know if you can you know art in a different form i guess mm. yeah so uh, so it's it's a moment of reckoning obviously and you know i felt that change that we are we are transitioning and we are kind of you know being in the interstices of moving from one era to the other sure and sure. You know, and witnessing this change uh, maybe through the lens of museums for me thank you so much chitralika i really appreciate that oh not at all thank you That's all for this segment guys. Until next time, stay healthy.